when you Google no loads refused, the first autofill result is no loads refused Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> yeah. somebody somebody posted, I think, a video at, doing like the Jerry Seinfeld and uh, like a George Costanza Jerry Seinfeld. He refused my load. He refused your load. I thought it was no loads refused. But speaking of not refusing any loads, my man, John Tory, my favorite member of Seeking Derangements, uh, <laughs> has, uh, he's done it again, folks. We were just talking about him last episode. Now, lo, he's gone and boinked a staffer. Uh, he's He's gone, may- got his Tory hole all ripped up. And may I say... This yeah. is another instance of LLCS predicting the future. We've done this. Yeah. We've done this so many times now. We do this dance every week. Make sure our your name doesn't end up in our mouths because we will destroy your career. Uh, yeah, we made this happen. We manifest. We're the this. cancel vultures. I'll just I'm tell a you cancel right now, culture like, vulture. If it weren't for me too, he wouldn't have resigned. Because this is like, in the grand scheme of things, compared to, for instance, Rob Ford smoking crack and saying the N-word on camera, really not mm. all that scandalous. Right, which was the fun part. But now, uh, I don't know if you've been paying more attention, but Tori, no. d- despite announcing that he intends to resign, is still hanging around and fiddling with the budget that they're trying to pass. So he's still coming into work and like doing the job. Oh. Uh, Wait a and not only that, the Toronto Police Service, Doug Ford himself, and Christina Friedland uh, have come oh. out uh, requesting that he not resign. <laughs> Christina, Just, like, let's go. Uh, apparently, I, I, I read that. Uh, she put out a statement today saying that that's not actually true, that she, uh, or at least recanting that if she did say it that was at the very least a rumor that was picked up but she she is uh, refuted that as of now but even still just ridiculous <laughs> just everyone like closing ranks like you know we've had a conservative mayor for the last 12 years let's keep it going right a, a friend of mine and a listener of the show messaged me like midday being like i hate christia freeland now and i was like yes word and they were talking about how, like, she comes off as so condescending. And I was like, that is so perfect. Every time Christia Freeland talks, it feels like she's berating the help in her house. Mm-hmm. My thoughts yeah. on Christia Freeland are not allowed to air on the radio. Yeah, you think she's yeah. hot. You yeah, wanna... she thinks she wants to suck and fuck. Yeah, you want to squish pussies with her. <laughs> I want to do something alone with her. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I for me, my whole criticism comes down to the fact that she's white. So like wow. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were on the same page. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well same thing, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. White woman, Nazi Ukrainian grandfather. She's a beast. 
She didn't even have to have a Nazi Ukrainian grandfather, to be honest with no, you. Just Being a white lady is enough for me. That's right, yeah, brother. I will tell you, and me. you that she probably thinks of herself as POC for being Ukrainian. Yeah, well, especially she right she, now. Do you think she goes around telling people she's brown? She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm a brown woman. I know multiple Ukrainians who think they are people of color for being. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna say they think they are people. That's the real disgrace. <laughs> people of cream, comma sour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> people of crema. People of crema. <laughs> Pierogies uh, of color. <laughs> no, it's uh. John Tory, he, folks, he's really stepped in it. That's right. Yeah. Everybody's yes. favorite mayor. I don't know what he sounds like. Does he have a voice that's fun to do? Yeah, he sounds. He's like, well, the boys, uh, uh-huh. when the boys want to have uh-huh. fun, uh-huh. Uh, they ground up, uh, they grab you, a woman they're not married yeah, you to. You can save this. You sound like <laughs> Mrs. Featherbottom from Arrested <laughs> Development. And, uh,. If I'm not married to her, she's more beautiful. Okay, so he's he's a cartoon character. No, I'm John Tory. Okay. Uh, you know what? I think it's kind of refreshing to see a politician in a non-pedificular scandal, right? Like a sex scandal mm. that isn't about porking like a 13-year-old. You don't know that. Not okay. once did they say her age. Okay, but compare and contrast, for instance, Toronto's beloved mayor, John Tory, to maybe a sex scandal involving Kingston's beloved mayor, Brian Patterson. And given mm. his affiliation with, you know, Third Day, I feel like there would be a much more, let's say, Southern twang to it. Let's say you had two chaps investigating that case. I feel like that would be the kind of sex scandal he got involved <laughs> with. Whoa, what? I just want you to stop saying odd shit. Yeah, <laughs> and get on to uh, the, you know crux of, of our episode uh, mm-hmm. today. Maybe some some advice for John Tory. I, I imagine your wife is as boring as you are and isn't going to leave you, which sucks. Uh, but even still, that shouldn't stop you from having a good time and mm. sort of embracing this uh, cheating lifestyle. That now that you're the player in, lifestyle, yeah. yeah. Mayor John Tory enters the VIP lounge. <laughs> now, wait, can I start uh, by giving some advice to our audience? Yes, always. Okay. Can we start by introducing me because I'm not regularly on this show? No, shut up. Yeah, you're on that <laughs> show all the time. Yeah, Speaking <laughs> over women once again. Yeah, last of week, course. the last episode, the person I told to, to be silent because they are a woman is Grace, <laughs> our esteemed guest for today's show because we are legally not allowed to have an all-male perspective on this television show because it might be a hate crime. <laughs> okay. But I will say, I want to give some advice to our audience, our avid listeners. Just so you know, you're allowed to sleep with uh, strippers, and here's how you do it. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. You, right. <laughs> you got to not pay. Uh-huh. You can't give them money because they yeah. won't sleep with a customer. Yeah, so you get right. your friend to buy your lap dance for you they'll come up they'll realize you're not the customer bing bang boom they want to sleep with you they'll leave work for some reason and then (laughs) you can sleep with them you know famously strip club managers very understanding about their strippers leaving in the middle of a shift she looks at the manager (laughs) i knew she was the one when she looked at the manager and said no he has no money he's broke he hasn't (laughs) 
He hasn't paid anything. Yeah, he has a big wet mark on his jeans. No, that, that's the strategy that Tori used. Uh, he really, really wanted to get with this woman, but she worked for the city. So technically, uh, as a citizen of Toronto, he yep. couldn't sleep yeah. with her because he was a customer. So the only way to do it was to become her boss. Yeah, it was the taxpayers. The, the, the taxpayers paid her, you know, $56,000 to type emails and tweets. He looked her and dead in the knew. eye and said, I'm not I'm not your boss. It's the taxpayers. They paid you. I I am but a customer. Right. Yeah. But and then Jesse, what are we what are we talking about? Cuz this right. sounds like complete fucking nonsense to most people. Even with context, it will continue to sound like complete total nonsense. Today, we are entering a, a a new a new phase. We're adding a new a new notch on our CanCon belt. Just a quick review. We've talked about CanCon a few times on this show. We we watched the Don Cherry uh, autobiographical movie like a hundred years ago, mm. and we mm-hmm. left with very surprisingly positive things to say about Canada's most famous racist grandpa, Don Cherry. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, still rooting we watched. For him. Yeah, uh, it was his birthday a few weeks back. Happy birthday, Don. I know you're listening. Uh, a few, what was it? A couple of years ago, we watched Heartland, which I think we were pretty split on. My remembrance is that the consensus was that it was like an okay, like produced show, but it was completely insane with its storylines and plots. I, I remember uh, Bio... The Saudi Bio, Prince. Yeah, that and like Green up. Oil. Yeah, the oil guy, the oil guy of the Saudi prince. And then we also watched, maybe, and maybe it's because our expectations were low, we watched the CBC Gem series, Communist Daughter, which I, I enjoyed way more than I thought I, I would like, ever enjoy. I did enjoy that show. And we've decided to break from, like, the CBC-produced uh, trend here and look at something that's produced by our good buddies at The Comedy Network. That's right, the Comedy Network. If you were homesick from school or you had to wake up at 6 a.m. to catch a bus every morning, you might be familiar with the Comedy Network and its stand-up sets, Kids in the Hall reruns, which is sick. Kids in the Hall fucking slaps. Yep. And then, around 2006, we started seeing some new original programming. Uh, A show that had a very bold take on the reality format, which was essentially, what if we filmed patrons in a club? But not just that, what if we had a game show based challenge where kind of gormless, smooth 20 something year olds tried to pick up women in the most obtuse ways possible and thus keys to the VIP was born. Yeah. Cash cab for guys who aren't allowed near school. (laughs) Uh, It's awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I just wanted to ask before we got into it, uh, what was everyone's like experience with keys to the VIP before actually doing this episode because i was an avid comedy channel watcher Mm -hmm. as a kid me too obsessive it like wrote the code of my thoughts when i was 14 through 16 basically and uh i never ever watched the show never had any inkling to want to uh even as a kid i was like that looks really dumb and gross and i was just not interested but I was also a huge prude, so yeah, that's you, you're a virgin, so you yeah. were not their, their target. Could you that's imagine sure, if you had true. watched this show? You would be so different. This would have actively rewritten. He your would brain have been, chemistry. yeah, he would have been a Chad. <laughs> yeah, Dean would have absolutely tried some of the moves suggested by our pickup teachers, 
failed and then like carved the girl's name into his yeah, skin. I, I, I would have tried to do some of the stuff that happens in the show and then in the process of doing it, like break my arm in three places. Yeah. So just like before Ch- Chance, Grace and myself chime in further, if you're not aware, folks, Keys to the VIP is a show about guys going into bars and trying to complete pickup artist related challenges such as getting girls phone numbers. And it's all yeah. purportedly filmed live or sorry, filmed for like reality TV style with waivers on real girls. Mm-hmm. The girls are real. I have to ask, do you know where the clubs were? Yeah, they're mostly Toronto, like Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Every single girl who gave her number on camera had a 905 phone number. Not and I, was, yeah. I was like, no, or six four seven. Don't go the, out with a 905. There, there were four there were four one sixes I heard as well. Like it's it, yeah. it's kind of GTA is the general kind of setting for this. Mm. Where it's like a couple different clubs. Yeah, there was the one guy who was like, "Yeah, I'm a U of T uh, rugby, rugby player." player. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "Man, what a pickup line!" Fuck yeah. Before Played we dive like... into the specifics, Chance, what was your experience of Keys to the VIP prior to watching and enjoying the show? Well, first of all, uh, Jesse, did you also watch the show as a kid, <laughs> or am I the only one? It was too embarrassing <laughs> for me to finish a full episode, but I watched a lot of like the first 20, like first 10 minutes of it growing up. Okay. I, I saw a lot of I was, round one and I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I can't finish this. I was going to make a joke that Dean would be 100 pounds heavier and have a beard if he did watch the show. But I guess that's just me. It's not me and <laughs> yeah. Jesse. Um, yeah. So <laughs> um, I guess, the, well, I... Okay, this is embarrassing. You said the show oh. is embarrassing. It's a horrible show. Yeah. Um, uh, hmm. I don't know about <laughs> that. There's something oddly magnetic about it where I can't look away. Maybe it is the car crash factor to it. Keys to the VIP was what I would watch when my parents and my sisters would <laughs> go to do like dance lessons and I would oh, be yeah. home alone. The girls are away. It's misogyny, Alan. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn from Alan. I'm going to learn how to nag women. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I didn't watch it thinking I was going to learn anything. I literally no. just watched it because there's, like, women dancing on the screen sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, no, there isn't. <laughs> they're always, yeah. like, standing like they're NPCs waiting they're, for you to yeah. start a quest. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's horrible. But, like, I had nothing. Like, <laughs> no. You were trying to rub one out to the intro. You're like, shit, I've got 10 seconds left. <laughs> and this is me growing up in a place where, with no internet or anything. Yeah. Like, this was the closest I had. This was also the closest you had to, like, Skinamax or, like, HBO. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> this was the hottest shit you'd ever seen. I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, these girls, the, all from Toronto? These Toronto 10s? Yeah, these what metropolitans? The <laughs> Chance saw, like, eight girls with brown hair and, like, scene style haircuts and like busting in his damn jeans i saw i saw i saw you know four women with low-rise pants and no ass and i was like i want that that's what i want also most of the guys are in their early 20s and most of the women are like very clearly 30 plus yeah they're all like i'm married i'm married don't talk to me i'm married Or, and I think, and you know what, that, that, that did reassure me in the sense that, like, I'm glad, I, I type in, like, keys to the VIP underage or, like, controversy, and I didn't find anything, because what happened with, like, the man show, so the man show, I don't know if you remember that, just a quick tangent, 
It was a show basically like Girls Gone Wild and I don't know, like early Jimmy, early, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel had like a baby. Yeah. That was, that was the whole plot. Well, they had a video game and the man show video game featured a 17 year old girl exposing her breasts on camera. So shows with this kind of premise, I'm always very much like, hmm, but he's the VIP, not a Mm -hmm. lot of bad information on it. Even like the Reddit AMA I saw where a guy was like, I worked on the set of Keys to the VIP was extremely boring. So yeah, I, I, I feel like this is not a demonic show in that sense. I was like, okay, nobody was horribly exploited beyond what happens at a club normally. So Beyond like normal sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You got to understand, I worked at a club for a very long time and this was so powerful. The memories came flooding back to me. I was like, oh my God, I've seen this happen. I, I did get exposed to the show, uh, but not nearly like I wasn't an avid watcher or anything like that. It was one of those things where like I would see the commercials throughout the day and I'd be like, put it in my head like <laughs> one of these days. That's going to be a great night Yeah, uh, where I get to watch so <laughs> where I get to watch keys to the <laughs> VIP, not even going to the club, just watching people go to the club. <laughs> yeah, literally like I was probably eight or nine. No. No, That's you would have been true. older than that. I would that, have been like 12. Yeah, because you and I are around the same age, and I yeah. was in my late, at, like, early adolescence, late tween years when I yeah, saw this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it adds up. Grace, you uh, were born in 2006, so I don't know if you have memories you. of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I am a proud 2001 baby. 9-11. She was born on 9-11, actually. Yeah. 9-11, yeah, so anytime, anytime somebody mentions it, we got to get the claps going. My right. exposure to the show is that fellow Canadian Curtis Connor made a YouTube video about it. Oh. I, which okay. is the most Zoomer response I could have. I was no, actually talking to one of his uh, co... Uh, conspirator sounds harsh, but one of his creative colleagues about the show for that exact purpose. Yeah. So. That, that wasn't yeah. where the seed was planted. Friend of the show, Curtis Connor. Well, friend of a friend who does. If we show. call him friend of the, the show, show, he'll come on. I can, I can probably get the other guy. I probably get his buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he owes me a favor. Jesse, do you have any background to this show? There's not a lot to say, to be quite honest with you. What you see is truly what you get. The general concept game show about two guys who are going into a club with basically the goal of each round of the game is to get a number or like to do some kind of awkward situation and turn it around. But what makes the show interesting is that there are four judges, four, four Kings of the VIP judging their performance. And purportedly these four judges come from the four corners of the male psyche, which I've written down for you. Cause when they said that, I was like, the four brain cells of the male psyche. So our judges, (laughs) For Keys to the VIP, and this is the same cast through all three seasons, which is about 36 episodes. First, you have Alan, A-L-E-N, which really fucked me up in my notes. Yeah. Who is, quote, the cold, calculated master of the pickup. It was just like a skinny white guy. He kind of looks like the Barnacle Jim image, if you guys yeah, have he, seen that he on has, Twitter. He has, like street magician energy a little yeah. bit yeah all of yeah. them have street magician no, energy. no but like alan especially dean is 100 yeah. percent right the other guys remind me of other archetypes but that is, is alan the one with the soul patch no that's chris we'll get to him yeah alan's the guy with like the chris slightly like gelled up hair chris also looks like a magician okay we will talk about chris yeah chris we're getting is my there favorite. yeah then you then you have 
Peaches with a Z, who is Peaches the ex so cool. ex jock inspired pickup specialist. And I, I took umbrage to the notion of him being an ex jock. Look, this is not me shaming. Peaches is just a fat guy. I was like, where's the jock aspect? <laughs> He's just an epic fat guy. And that's awesome. But don't be like, Peaches is the jock. <laughs> you, he has like three guys around him who are in very good shape. I'm like, what? what's going on here? No, he's just, he's big guy representation. They, yeah. they just, they didn't have that vernacular back then. This was like, what? Like late Two, It's like 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Peaches so, kind of looks like Cabby from Cabby on the Street. Yeah, like we didn't, we didn't have like eye. big boy swag yet. So if you no. were just, if you looked like vaguely football player shaped, you were True. a jock. This is pre-hangover, so the epic fat guy had not been entrenched in popular yeah. culture to the same degree. Uh, then you have Sheldon, the mysteriously coy and unorthodox philosopher. I what does, <laughs> what that, does mean? that mean? I don't know. And it's like it's not like. There's, he doesn't say anything uh, yeah that's the thing i was like i was paying close attention to sheldon because i was like i want to know this guy's like philosophy uh and Nothing. he just like yeah he's like he'll say like oh you know like the, he, he tried really hard and he got the number and yeah, all right thank you for your insight it. dipshit it's like sheldon probably dresses the best out of the four which is not saying much because they all dress like dog shit yeah his outfits annoyed me the most, personally, which is to say that they were probably the best. Yeah. And so no idea what his unorthodox philosophical take on this is. Like, it would be so funny if he was like, he should have tried to pick up a man. And his unorthodox philosophy is that he's gay. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Sheldon, what do you think? Well, Sheldon's always got the tinfoil hat conspiracies going. Yeah, yeah he should suck his <laughs> cock. <The> classic <laughs> Sheldon. Uh, and then rounding out the cast, you have Chris, the hopelessly romantic scene guy. Now it's just yeah. a hopeless romantic, but he dresses like a scene guy. I'm talking like cannot be seen with boy. a soul patch. He has the tie. He wore the tie, and the and he has like the fringe. He looks like Chris Gaines, aka the alter ego of uh, fuck. What's his nuts? The really popular country singer. Uh, no, but he looks like he's both the Smosh guys mixed together. <laughs> he does have a Smosh energy to him. He is the lost member of Fallout Boy. You're right about that. Yeah. Honestly, Chris was by far the most interesting, partially because he had one of the most insane comments in this show in our third episode. The reason specifically why Chris is the most interesting, I did find a little bit of background on the show. Uh, apparently, these guys were all buddies uh, in college, I imagine, uh, yeah. because they came up with all of these challenges. They would do them just to pass the time at the club uh, in Guelph. Uh, oh. Oh, and really? then they, they spun it into a show. Uh, Chris was originally the editor. I imagine they probably like uploaded some stuff on YouTube and then got picked uh, up. Mm, uh, I don't know, man. This is pre-YouTube. Like this, they must have been sending this around as like sizzle oh, true. reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was like VHSs. Yeah, that's what I think because this is predating. Yeah. This is pre-social media in any meaningful sense. You're totally right. But yeah, like uh, Chris was originally the editor, but then the network was like, "We have editors. We don't need you. If you want to be attached <laughs> to this, you should be the nice guy to round out our cast." And that's what he did. And you know what? Good for them for getting this show of all things on the air. And this truly could not exist post 2008 so they really picked the right time to get this yeah up and going. this was like this was the perfect like how i met your mother era Ugh. where like pick up artistry it was like the, you know the the modern trappings of like what dating and relationship 
are mm. supposed to be like the sort of like noble like getting a family and stuff like all like this was the point where like absolutely no one was buying into that no. uh and as such barney stinson types had a, a renaissance also, like, the pickup artist community wasn't as widely mocked as it would become in, like, later years once the mm. internet really took off. It was like, right. people would be like, I don't really, they'd either be completely oblivious as to what this field was or be like, oh, that sounds like a cool idea. Trying to have sex is cool. Yeah, like, exactly. There was no, there was no uh, public shaming. There was no, no rallying for, around for being them. a pickup artist. Now, for don't get me wrong. Pickup artist. The pickup artist community had existed in like online forums, and there was stuff like something awful, and like FYAD, where they would make fun of guys like Mystic and like you know all the guys with the big like furry hats. But that was such a small niche market, and it's like in 2006. If you're, I'm surprised the show wasn't on Spike TV. This is like the most Spike TV show to have ever mm-hmm. existed. This show does not have the budget yeah. of Spike TV. It would have been. I, awesome. I was, I was on IMDb looking for the budget, and it's not listed. But I found no. out that the production company that made this is called Alpha Male Productions. <laughs> nice. This is early Manosphere stuff, like. and that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit more too because that that was what really struck me all right Uh, what i wanted to say is um if you want to keep up with the judges they all exist out there they're doing things in toronto (laughs) uh chris is a real estate agent which is nice sick uh emica who is peaches uh does web 3.0 m uh nft metaverse he's a fat guy he's not a jock I knew it. <laughs> He's also a jock, though. He just blew his back. No, out, I guess. Yeah, yeah I blew his back. At <laughs> I, I was eating peaches. Yeah, there you go. Hey, now. And then uh, Alan does uh, social media engineering and marketing. And social media engineering. Okay, psychopath. Thank you. No he more. has forty-seven <laughs> followers on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> these it's are about the alpha to be 48. Males. Yeah, it's about to be <laughs> it's about to be 41. Or it's at 51. We're going to fucking get in there. These <laughs> are the alpha follow. males that that led this show and that yeah. said that they were What about experts. Sheldon? Uh Sheldon's name is not attached to the show. I don't have a last name. <laughs> they had a falling there's, out. There's no credits. He's credited as the name Sheldon. <laughs> He knew better. He's like, I'm not well, putting my, my full name on We this. all know Sheldon went on to have another little show uh, that you might have heard of. And I'll just Fuck leave off. it at that. Yeah, it's always sunny. Uh, okay, so we watched three episodes. And I have the time of my life. So an hour's worth of keys to the VIP. Let's just, you know what? Let's hit the ground running. Season one, episode one. This is the pilot. This is the one that you're going to sell your show on and in, in episode one of season one we have and all the contestants have nicknames folks so they don't give their full names for probably a very good reason so we except have except for one except for one but that was his choice so we have kyle the terminator versus mark mm. the baron and like i'm sorry you can't call yourself the terminator for a lot of different reasons but if you go up to the club and be like hey i'm the terminator to a woman and you're like six foot four <laughs> and jacked out of your mind you're like, uh, uh, okay and, but no, like he he softens the blow it's actually kind of sweet he's like no, no 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 no, it's i'm not violent or anything that's just i got that <laughs> yeah. name because of how many pregnancies my father has paid to to abort i, I so, got that name because it's terminal 
When I watched the show, I just called him the Rizzler. Oh, I called him the cop because he looks like a yeah. cop. He's like this big, like white guy with short brown yes. hair who wears dog shit clothing. Like I, I would have seen him in the club and thought he was an undercover cop trying to bust somebody. So kudos to these women for talking to him. So they have little vignettes that introduce us to the characters. We have Mark the Baron up first, who talks about how he loves mahogany furniture because it represents power and class. Which early on, I was like, that's a very Patrick Bateman line. I was like, I was really concerned here. Also, I will say Mark, who is like, he reminded me so much of Dennis from It's Always Sunny because of the mahogany, because of his general demeanor. Just like he was going to use the Mark system on these women no matter what. So I was I was very worried. My guard was extremely up with the introduction. Also, speaking to the 2006 culture, he had a leather bracelet, a chunky leather bracelet on one wrist and a puka shell bracelet on the other. Yep. The bracelets in this show were unmatched. They go Everyone has crazy bracelets. Yes. Uh, and after seeing Mark with his pop collar talking about mahogany, his double bracelets, Chris says, so far, he looks like a gentleman. <laughs> Which really made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, because because he also has a lot of books. He says, yeah. quote, in order to communicate with girls, you have to be able to intellectually communicate with them. Yeah, what That's a brilliant so thing true. to say. <laughs> so true, bestie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then then we get Kyle's vignette, which is nowhere near as interesting. He's just like a big jock. He's like doing workouts, but he does have this charming line when talking about his bed. He says, 15 kills already. Take the black light to it. You'll see. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? I don't wash my sheets. I got cum all over them. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, sweet, man. But That's I appreciate really cool. them putting that in the pilot. Just letting you know straight up. This is what we're about. I sleep and cum. <laughs> also so, uh, how is that evidence of anything other than that yeah it's <laughs> yeah, only evidence of him off jacking off of in his bed, bed. <laughs> all over his sheets uh after seeing kyle's vignette and hearing him talking about taking a black light to his sheets peaches remarks that guy's a winner <laughs> and then he follows it up with women want an alpha male a guy who will throw them over their shoulder and walk out with them uh peaches is yeah peaches has so far the most insane things to say i thought th- that was kind of the one that i thought was going to be the most insane but I-, I think chris does beat him in the last episode we'll cover all right so challenge one laugh factor basically you just have to make a woman laugh that is the challenge for these these charming young men. Mark goes up first and is like the most awkward, stilted man I've ever seen. He's like talking to these women and then like he takes like a 10 second break to sip his drink, like right in the middle of talking to them. (laughs) What's going on here? It's like this guy has never been in public before. Uh, anyways, his plan is to try and woo these women by dancing like an epic uh, loser. You know, like, classic, like, I know what'll make them dance. I'm gonna spasm my arms and legs like I have rictus. And, uh, <laughs> upon doing that, one of the women says, I'm really embarrassed for you. And then she laughs, so he yeah, wins the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I went... All right, is this the show I think it is, or have I made a horrible mistake here? I thought this was like kind of Dadaist avant-garde performance art when Mark went up. Because any <laughs> semblance of this being a show about picking up women completely flew out the window when this moron in a polo shirt with eight bracelets on spasmed to make a girl laugh. <laughs> 
But then we get Kyle up next who says, and this is like a six foot four jacked guy. And I'm not going to lie to you. This is a line that I probably would have used myself where he walks up to a woman in a dress and says, I almost wore the exact same thing. I'm glad I changed. That's a classic. And that actually, I don't know, something about this giant meathead cop saying it did make her laugh and it made me laugh. And they're like, wow. It made me laugh too. Yeah. If if someone said that to me, I would continue the conversation. It was a good yeah, line. Yeah, that's, it's a he classic. He terminated my sides, folks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and, like, in between all these rounds, they go back to, like, you know, the fucking peanut gallery for spoofs and goofs, chuckles and laughs. And most of the time, they don't have anything insightful to say. They just say, wow, he really did a good job getting her number there. Or, wow, he did a really bad job of getting her number there. It so is most of them insanely don't lazy commentary. <laughs> As someone who does commentary as a fun little side hustle, these guys were dog shit. I hated them. No, horrible, horrible. There was there was nothing it, insightful to be added. Yeah, no takes. Yeah, no uh, insane tangents or threats against public officials. I I didn't no. really see what the point would, of tuning in. <laughs> so. The second round is one that I think was in every single one of these episodes, which is the recovery round, where the goal is to insult a woman and then find a way to get her to like you at the end. So just like fucking gaslighting women and like nagging them. I was like, okay, now that is a powerful manosphere trait right there. I was like, now Mm -hmm. we're into the shit here, which both of them just go the route of insulting like either their makeup or their clothing, which also cool. Uh, Mark goes up, he insults a woman's shoes and purse, but talks about how her hair and eyes are nice, to which she says, why don't you take another look? And I was like, okay, this guy is getting fucking torn apart. I gotta say, insulting a woman's purse is kind of gay. Yeah, that was the other thing. I was like, that's why I was like, this guy's dentist. What kind of taste do you have? (laughs) It's like, because I'll tell you right now, when when I worked at the club, if I needed to talk to a really drunk girl and like assess if I needed to kick her out... I would literally just talk about her outfit or her purse, and I would do it in the gayest way possible so as not to arouse suspicion. So I was like, okay, Mark, I see you. I understand where you're coming from here. Yeah, if you want to insult a woman in the straight way, I would focus on something physical that she can't change. Yeah, something she can't control. You're like, honey, honey, your muffin top is... Just do something that Donald Trump would do. (laughs) Your muffin top is disgusting. I thought this was a club. I didn't realize I walked into the bakery. Yeah. I didn't you know they like zoo sulfur. animals in here. Yes. Your nipples are <laughs> protruding. Very disgusting. Very disrespectful. <laughs> that would have been way more awesome. Uh, Kyle goes just straight up, straight up to a woman and says, I don't think it looks good talking about her outfit. To which she responds, do you look at yourself in the mirror before you leave the house? Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is one of the so greatest sick. lines. <laughs> And like so the, the, the really disappointing part about this show is that all of the most engaging and fulfilling moments are just seeing these guys get like sh- completely yes. shot down, like go down like the Hindenburg. And if you had just based the entire show around that, it would have been so much funnier. And mm-hmm. uh, upon Kyle like approaching this woman and saying that Alan, our cold and calculating pickup artist, had this to say. Kyle is methodical, precise, and heartless. I love it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I started dialing 9-1, and I was waiting to press the other one. Because there's. I was like, this guy needs to have a wellness check done on him. Either you fatally or You stole that joke fatally. from the show. Did I? Oh, so it, call yes. out. <laughs> Did they say that? They oh, said man, that in episode we, one. Are oh, we my as, God. Oh, no. We're as vapid as the hosts. 
Oh, this is bad. Okay. I, if it's not in my notes, I don't really remember what happened because the show is very ethereal to me. <laughs> this is why I don't remember any of episode one. However, there was another line uh, from Peaches, which I thought underscored how brilliant he is. This was a David and Goliath situation, and she was Goliath because she won, not understanding the story of David and Goliath. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Also, later in the episode, they mix up Picasso and Van Gogh, talk about <laughs> yeah. moving to the south of France and cut your ear off. Yeah, like, like, Pica- oh, like uh, yeah. Picasso. Picasso Van Gogh. Yeah. P- Pablo Van Gogh. <laughs> uh the last round, look, the last round isn't particularly interesting. Just so you're aware, uh, Kyle the cop wins by getting a girl to aggressively make it with him. To, like, to the point where mm. I thought we were going to see full-on like hardcore pornography. This lady was ready for it. Uh, so if you win, you get a series of prizes, including a night at the VIP. So you basically get like bottle service at the club. And you get to hang out with the quote VIP girls, so they would just pay girls to hang around you. I was like, that's a that's a real good sign of being a pimp and a player is when somebody has to pay for women to be, keep you company. Yeah, totally. Uh, oh, pardon me. Now, the most interesting thing about these shows is just the contestants. So let's just move on to the second season. One of the last episodes in the second season where we had, and th- I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I just mostly chose these episodes based on the nicknames of the players because I thought they were interesting. <laughs> And this one is the most blatant, where in Season 2, Episode 10, we have Christian, the Keeper, Christian, the Oath Keeper, versus, and of course, the one that really caught my eye, Jordan, the Joker. Because I had to know, I had to know what they meant by that. (laughs) I thought he was going to be like the the Long Beach Joker, the Santa Clara Joker. (laughs) I was expecting him to show up to the club in a purple suit white face paint and be like this is my pickup artist style and i was so disappointed when much he was like the just... joker he does live with his mom that is okay that was an insane <laughs> thing for him to disclose as well so jordan the joker his vignette begins with him wearing an abercrombie t riding a kawasaki motorcycle uh, yes powerful the hosts also say the motorcycle is a thing women like yeah <laughs> Great insight from uh, these four men that represent the four key pieces of the male psyche. Jordan also talks about how he has a silencer on his bedpost. And I was like, not like the cool gun type. He just puts a sock on it so it doesn't smash into the wall and awake his parents. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know what? Very cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, just like classic kind of tall, smooth faced twink. Uh, however... Before he goes out to the club each night, he, quote, prays to the Lord of Game. And in that prayer, he asks to dodge mother hens and, quote, fat friends. Okay, what is a mother hen? They mention this in all three episodes. So a mother hen is like the girl in the friend group that doesn't want you to dick down her friends yeah, because they're as too As far drunk. as I gather, like the mother hen was just the woman that talks. Or the woman uh, that cares about her friends. Yeah. So basically. someone who keeps her friends safe. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah, I was I also like, wrote down really... that every woman in this show is way too drunk to be like yeah. on camera. Yeah. Oh, hey, they yeah. They're loaded. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't often see blurred faces, but like just the idea of putting a camera in a nightclub is such a horrifying notion because so much sketchy shit happens even on the dance floor i was like they're really taking their life in their hands here one of the girls was smoking a cigarette i was gonna mention that no so it's like there were in the third episode we review one of the key things is a guy asking for a lighter so he can smoke in the club and i was like oh my god this this is 2008 yeah it was amazing i was like didn't that stop happening in like 2002 
So uh, beast. And that still happens in clubs, but now it's vaping. So of course. But I was just like, wow, this really does take me back. Oh, Jordan finishing off said, uh, comparing himself to famous good person, Christopher Columbus, by saying, "What would where would we be if Christopher Columbus was afraid of water? New lands oh, yeah. and new girls to play on. Which, uh, yeah. Really, oh, I, let's not unpack that. that was super <laughs> let's not cool. unpack that sentiment. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, I, like, I was immediately like, I, I did enjoy that a lot. Uh, on Jordan, Chris says, he's a multiple personality type guy, <laughs> which I don't really know if he means that <laughs> yeah. in a positive way or it's that's like another why wellness he's the Joker. Check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm not gonna pick you up. I'm just gonna kiss you real. Yeah, real. He, he's got Heath Ledger's personality and Joaquin Phoenix's. It's cool. <laughs> Jared Le- Jared Leto's sense of style. Uh, the, the the thing that I really liked about both these guys, uh, I don't know if you noticed in these vignettes, or both of them hold on to things from their ex girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, the Joker has his lotion routine that he oh, like man. rubs down his cock in Vaseline. with his mom's lotion. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. his mom's lotion, which once again, uh, don't think too much about that. Don't unpack that, please. Yeah. So he does <laughs> National that. National television audience. And, and then Christian the Keeper uh, has all he has of these paintings like, artsy from his ex girlfriend everywhere. Yeah. Yes. They're so everywhere so, and it just goes to show like th- these people uh like who are out pickup artisting and aren't just virgins like myself uh they really mm-hmm. don't actually have any personality they're not real people no. and they have to siphon off personality from the women in their lives it also just shows that like they are so emotionally fragile they cannot move on from these things they have to keep these trophies as like the last shred of a time when they were loved and 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 felt love for another (laughs) Mm -hmm. statistically men do not develop a personality until they're 25 that's true yeah, I'm still working on mine. Once it comes out, though, I'm so fucking excited, man. I really can't argue with that. Yeah, it's That's based hot. on my experience, but also I genuinely did see a study about that. I mean, I did start. We we did we did start the show in January of 2020 when I was still 25. So <laughs> I really can't. Disagree. I'm actually oh, I'm super stoked. I'm gonna be having a personality reveal party mm. uh, pretty soon. Uh, I'm gonna it's cut the cake, and you're you're gonna look at the cross section, <laughs> and it's gonna, gonna be trans. Yeah, and it's gonna stay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pink. <laughs> All right. So Christian the keeper. We talked about how he keeps the paintings from an ex girlfriend, but it's like also Christian is just this guy who is in insanely good shape. He is like stacked, jacked, loaded, and ready to blow. However, I also harbor a deep suspicion that I think only grew as this episode went on that Christian is deeply closeted. And part of that <laughs> comes from the fact that he is a very attractive, very well manicured, like good looking guy. Part of it is also the fact that in uh, <laughs> the last round of the game, he's like spinning a girl around, kissing her hand and just acting like a little homo. So <laughs> it, it also is the fact that the women actually like him. Yes. Okay. It's, it's not just like, and the oh, judges hate him for it. <laughs> so every round, like, he has is no like, game. Yeah. He like connects emotionally with these women and they like enjoy his presence. In the last round of this game, this woman is like looking at him like, he is her soulmate. The judges are like, yeah, this guy's got no riz. This guy's got no swag. Women aren't supposed to like you. They just are supposed to want to fuck you. Is essentially the opinion all these judges hold. 
Christian is the only man on the show that women genuinely enjoy his presence. And it's because I think he's gay. I'm, I'm sorry. He's, he's, he's a little fruity. And Jordan, on the other hand, is the most hetero man who has ever lived. Like this not particularly attractive, kind of tall, lanky guy. Looks a little bit like Ben Shapiro did in his early 20s, but if he was like six foot two. Jordan straight up talks about eugenics, which really endeared him to me where he says, uh, basically, we're so hot, the government would pay us to stay home and have children. That's, that's right. <laughs> and, and, and it worked. She was like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. That's uh, a crazy I, I'm, geez, I'm living in 2007. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the women he talks to says, I'm still a virgin if that helps, to which one of the coaches responds, one liar meets another, which I, I did think was very funny. <laughs> that one did kind of crack me up. Uh Christian goes in and he just straight up grabs a woman and like, do you like what you see? And then places her hands on his abs. And she's like, oh, wow, (laughs) I like this. This guy's supposed to be the fucking nice guy. Yeah. But once again, he's he's like, that's the gay route. Like I've had, I've literally had dudes come up to me and and, like try to put my hand on their cock. (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, this is like 100%. He's just a homo. Yeah. But it works, which then gives you the very good uh takeaway that forcing girls to grope you uh they like that my they do uh, yeah, i hope everyone's writing all this down <laughs> yeah i hope any impressionable young men listening are uh taking these advice advices to art my notes on this section is just that there's no subtitles in the noisy club which no. makes it incredibly painful to like try can i talk about that what the conversations are yes yes chance go off on the, the production the production is insane Anyone in their right, they sh- maybe they should have had Chris doing the editing in the VFX and stuff like that because, like, it was fucked. I knew it was bad when I put on the first episode. They have a scene of uh, <laughs> the one guy in the bathroom shirtless, and they just decide, fuck microphones. Let's just use the camera yeah. mic. And you just hear the bathroom, the background echo and, like, the bathroom and stuff like that. It was fucking horrendous. And then they're in the club, and, like, God. none of the girls are mic'd up unless they're r- literally beside them. God bless YouTube auto-caption. Yeah, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. The AI is working for us. Uh, so in between rounds, we get a wonderful segment called Alan's Seduction Corner. Pay attention. classes in session. That's right. The dark professor of pickups is here. And he basically says when you go to a club, don't go trying to pick up women. Go trying to have fun, which genuinely didn't seem like bad advice i was so worried where alan's seduction tips were going to go where he's like yeah carry duct tape in your van you know i like to bind i like to be bound but instead we just got yeah go to the club to have fun idiot and i was like okay yeah i i I think that was the sort of requisite like please don't be weird and say it was because of this show (laughs) yeah yeah uh round two freestyle the only thing i found particularly interesting is at one point christian the keeper says i'm not a pickup artist type guy on a pickup artist show which i was like oh okay so cool uh just outright lying to this woman once again just kind of like offers her his body and it works the funniest part of this episode is round three you know the classic recovery round insult the girl try to get them back on your side during his recovery jordan the joker invites a girl to go swimming at like 1 a.m in downtown toronto yeah, that's so <laughs> cool. also as a way to insult her makeup yeah, it really made me laugh yeah, and then he like pivots 
He's like, oh, uh, maybe like a hot tub. She's like, do you have one? He's like, no. <laughs> this brain combat level 180 IQ. Like, I really think so the funny. star of this show was the girl in the second round who had two beers, one in each hand, oh, and yeah. her wallet and her phone. That was amazing. The claw is undefeated. Every, mm-hmm. every girl knows the claw because you don't have pockets. That's right. You every have to res- hold everything. Every Canadian wrestling fan also knows the claw for unrelated reasons. <laughs> Real ones. And every know. Toy Story fan. That's right. Uh, so basically, Jordan, despite having like zero game and being a creepy little weasel, is awarded the winner and gets to hang out with the VIP girls. Which you know what? Fine. It is what it, it is. The best pickup artist is the one who is the creepiest and most weaselly. Which is why it's perfect that in the third and final of these episodes, we get easily the two most gormless, worst competitors. And it was by far the most entertaining episode for me, where we have Will French, which is his real name. But his the professional nickname, popper and locker. And yacht club member. <laughs> so Will French is a professional pop locker. He is a yacht racing champion. He dresses like Fred Durst. And he says that yacht yep. racing is about honor and respect. To which Peaches replies, he's a multi-layered guy. That felt so <laughs> like weirdly racist when he said it. <laughs> it like, was other sports are low class. Only yeah. yacht racing. He's like, why would you play football when you could race a yacht? And I was like, oh my god. And horrible. Like he is literally wearing like striped polo, American Eagle, like unbuttoned down to the hilt, like dresses like shit, blonde spiked up hair. However, his opponent is my king. Soft Top Thomas, who is the most a autistic man ever <laughs> yeah. to be on TV. Also, Soft Top Thomas, I'm going to tell you right now, sounds like German 985, <laughs> which really distracted me. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Every time he opened his mouth and he's got like big fucking cheeks, he's got a big ass. I was like, oh, this is just curly haired German 985. And it made so much sense because he is the most autistic man this show has ever had. And I was like, this is oh, my yeah. hero. This is my chosen champion. I hope he goes all the way. Okay. Round one is the photographer where you have to capture. And they said two different things a sensual moment or a sexual moment. And they kind of use them interchangeably, which is not the same thing. So I was very confused. No. You can, you have a Kodak, you know, this is going in my cringe compilation camera and you have to get a picture <laughs> with the ladies. Uh, Will introduces himself saying he is from French kiss productions, which, uh, the judge's comment on that was, is Will French a statement or a question? Yeah, which I also thought was kind of funny. I was like, okay. That's actually clever. Uh, he gets these two girls to kiss him in like the least sexy kiss of all time. Uh, one of them is the girl like kind of pecking his neck. And uh, Chris, the sensitive guy, says, these are the type of pictures I would take with my sister. <laughs> Which genuinely broke me for about five minutes. (laughs) What do you mean by that? (laughs) Oh my god. Will French is the only person who used his full name on the show. And and he introduces himself to women as Will French as well. Like he's fucking Morrissey or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Will French, this charming man. 
Thomas goes in, gets some innocent picks, gets a smooch. Uh, he asks the girl, can I get your number? To which she responds flatly, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, so this is one of those games where nobody's scoring any points. Gotcha. Roger that. Uh, round two involves, you know, once again, the recovery round. We love to see it you know, insult a girl and try to get her on her side. Will French has the only moment that I thought was remotely interesting with him where uh, he goes up to this girl. She says, I have a boyfriend. He says, that's cool. I just want to dance. And he just like does popping and locking around her. <laughs> so <laughs> sick, was dude. So funny. Also, he keeps I'm not mentioning mad. I'm actually his bisexual dancing. girlfriend. Oh, yes. His, his, My his... girlfriend is bisexual. She doesn't care that I talk to other girls. It, like literally, I think it's actually means. kind of genius because it means like, oh, like, I like a woman trusts me to not murder her, but mm-hmm. she's not around and doesn't care about us. Yeah. <laughs> he brings it up like multiple times. Like in round three, he like yeah. goes up to girls and is like trying to play the unicorn angle. It's like, my girlfriend thinks you're really cute. It's like, this is so 2008. We saw you across oh, the bar. Yeah. We love your vibe. We'd like to take you on a boat with us. <laughs> it was uh, just very, very funny. Thomas is like, his his cover story is that it's U of T rookie initiation night. So he needs to get girls to write on his chest, write their phone numbers, which I was like, okay. Like this guy has, as Grace has mentioned, men do not develop a personality until they're 25. So Thomas just has rugby as his default programming. No, but, when you're yeah. autistic, you get a personality. And that is your true. special interest. <laughs> That's true. He could tell you everything <laughs> you need to know about rugby, but he's like this curly haired guy with like literal teenage acne, but he's like just crazy built. So uh, it works. And these women, like, he tries to pick up this girl. And she's like, oh, I'm married. To which he goes, oh. <laughs> like a very genuine moment of, like, shock. <laughs> yeah, and then he, the woman he immediately, he, like, the woman immediately rats her sister out. And it's like, she's not married, though. And just, like, yeah, hands insane. her sister to him. <laughs> that is not a good and friend. No, I was like, no, oh, I feel Jesus. like if you're married and going to the club with your sister, you're there to get your sister some. Oh, totally. That's probably yeah. fair. Okay. But yeah, do you really want fair. it to be right. from Thomas 985? As a simp for rugby players, I will say yes. <laughs> All right. Final round. Freestyle. You do whatever you want. Will straight up goes up to people and says, hey, there's an ulterior motive for me coming over to talk to you. <laughs> Which I was like Machiavellian mind master Will French. 250 degree chest. That's what I say when I'm about to mug someone on the TTC. Yeah. It's just Thomas. Oh, sorry. This was Thomas with his rookie initiation line. And the minute he mentions to these girls, he needs to get numbers on his chest. They just start ripping his clothes off and trying to smear his chest. And he's like uncomfortable, partially because I'm sure he is mic'd up and he doesn't want them to see his like fucking lapel mic fall off in the middle of the show. But like they are groping this 19 year old Twitch streamer. And it was, like, unbelievably uncomfortable to watch. And at the end of it all, who wins? Us, the fans. But no, it was Soft Top Thomas. Soft Top Thomas wins. And in Season 3, not only do you get the VIP package, you get a titanium ring. That's right. You get an iron ring for winning keys to the VIP. I missed the ending of the episode. What? does the ring look like it's literally a platinum ring it's just a silver ring around your finger it has like an x on it so you get garbage from the dollar store yeah well you get garbage from the people that make championship rings for football teams i'm not yeah titanium rings literally does that 
you're not supposed to wear it on your finger though as far as i understood no there you go yeah you, we're going to give you a cock <laughs> so he's the vip very much early manosphere i will say this is probably better advice than you would get from the current manosphere like i actually do think these four guys are probably more healthy to listen to than like Jordan Peterson and Matt Walsh. I particularly liked Christian and uh, the rugby guy. They both seemed like genuinely good people. That's because one of them was autistic and one of them was gay. So you just like you. you. You're just like, they remind me of you. (laughs) We're going to put them in here. Uh, but like, no, cause you like Stefan Mol they should, they should reboot this show in like 2023 with Jordan Peterson, Stefan Molyneux, Mike Cernovich, you know, the actual Manosphere guys, just to see what the upgrade is. Oh my God. Can you imagine incredible. Jordan Peterson watching these guys in the club, just weeping his eyes out the entire time? Like there is, there is space for growth here. He is a mysteriously coy and unorthodox philosopher. And sure. he's cold and calculating. He's literally, yeah. he could he could be all, he could be he could all be three of, of the four yeah, roles. He could be an he's athlete. A, he's like a speedwalker. He has the body <laughs> of a speedwalker. All right, Chance, we have one final segment, which is uh, in, in the Heartland episode. You know, I found some, some great Heartland fan fiction that was extremely filthy. And really, like, a lot of pregnancy oh, stuff. So I'll tell you right now, this, which I'm going to read for you, is not that. There is no pregnancy, there is no mpreg, there is no vor in this Keys to the VIP fanfiction. And I'll just tell you right now, looking for Keys to the VIP on fanfic.net, you get zero results. But you go to Keys to the VIP fanfiction, you might find one entry and one one entry alone. Uh, An entry called The King of Game, which I'm going to now read for you. All right, guys, take five. The intense blinding lights fade, and there is a moment of quiet in the otherwise boisterous studio. Chris could feel the soft suede of the chair crunch under his slight frame. These moments in between games were invaluable. They could only watch so many gormless 20-somethings grope wildly in the dark. These things start to take a toll on a man's pride and psyche. An endless stream of humiliation broken with fleeting glances at introspection as competitors grasp just how deeply they've debased themselves for the name of entertainment. Anybody smell burning toast, Peaches said with a smile. Must be Chris overthinking things again, said Alan with perfect comedic timing. (laughs) Chris smirked at the ground and said nothing in response. There was nothing he could do to compete with the most cunning of the VIP boys, the cold and calculating Alan. Chris, cra- Chris clasped his hands in prayer. Please, God, he thought, kill Alan. <laughs> Positions, gentlemen. <laughs> and just like that, this moment of silent prayer was over. Chris opened his eyes and fixed them on the large flat screen. The sexy voice of the narrator rang through his head. Today's game is between Michael, Money Moolah Monster, and Errol, the green-eared spaghetti monster. Images flash across the screen Mm. with increasing pace and ferocity. Michael shows off his collection of rowing medals from private school and his jersey signed by Adam Vancouverden. He talks about having a bright future and endless game. The feed cuts to Errol's vignette. We we see a stocky man with messy hair and a disheveled hoodie, moth-eaten, standing there. Do you see me? Can you feel me? 
His voice is little more than a whisper in the vortex of anguish screams. Shots of Errol standing in the club, motionless. There is movement around him, gyrating, grinding, and undulating. Almost esophageal movements, as if the club was trying to swallow its patrons whole. Do you see me? Do you see the real me? His form shifts until he is little more than a silhouette in the void. The narrator chimes in. Round one, speed dial. Contestants will have 60 seconds to get a number from a woman in the club. Michael tells a petite brunette that the movie Boogie Nights was based on his life. The woman laughs and surrenders her digits. It's Errol's turn. Chris takes a quick glance at his co-hosts. If they share this similar sense of dread and discomfort, they aren't showing it. Sheldon is content. Peaches is watching with rapt attention. The wheels in Alan's head appear to be turning as Errol moves closer and closer to his quarry. Each slow, methodical step synced to Chris's pounding pulse. And as it, it is as if the heart, sorry, it is as if his heart is beating so loud that it'll blow at his eardrums. His American Eagle polo is soaked through with sweat. The suede squelches under Chris as he bends forward to take a closer look. No, God, no. Somebody stop the game, please. Chris's pleas are met with silence from the cast and crew. He rises from his chair and makes a beeline for the door, but he can't even leave the studio because he realizes that it's too late. It's all in vain. Errol casts a shadow over this woman, and it appears that, that both have disappeared into the darkness that he emanates. Strange is the night where black stars rise and strange moons circle through the skies. And that's chapter one. So if you go to fanfic.net, you go to Wattpad, you can find all 60 chapters of The, the King of Game. And uh, <laughs> Was this written lovely. by you or ChatGPT? This was written by me. Yes, because I did type in keys to the VIP fan fiction and realized there was nothing. So uh, I decided instead of making the show about, you know, random sex with women uh, sexy, I I figured I'd go more of kind of this uh, true detective unsettling route. So, you know. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to diving into all of that. That's really I will have to write more because I do want to get the groundswell for keys to the VIP. I want to all the comments on the YouTube videos are incredible because it's all. (laughs) Oh my god, we would be perfect hosts. Yeah, like a reboot. That would be incredible. All of the YouTube comments are 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 literally just like this show needs to come back. Why isn't this show still on the air? Chris saved my life. The sensitive guy. No, it's it's amazing. Like it's. It's amazing the power yeah, we're, of nostalgia because I I think it's fair to say this is not a good show. I disagree. I we're gonna bring this back. Well, it's gonna be better. Than we're gonna ever. be on the daily. We're gonna be wire. laughing at all of the coolest incels. Uh, I think we should call our reboot uh, "Keys to the P and V." and like we're just cutting yes. straight to it. No yeah. nonsense. We need women pickup artists. Oh my god. Oh, where okay. would? Oh my god, that would be such a disaster. Make it woke. Yeah, they, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna woke. They wouldn't even have to the try. They wouldn't even have to try. Guys would just fucking guys would just like fall all over the place and try to go. She'd be like, "Hey," and a guy would have his dick out immediately. So I don't think it would go well. Like I think we're yeah. really asking. for I don't trouble, think it's I, the same. I do like the idea of woke keys to the VIP though. I think that that's a horse that's got some some kick left in those legs you know like it's it's, it's like only interracial relationships yeah it's only in like polycules like you go into the the most disgusting university house imaginable but it's just like everybody in the polycule trying to pick each other up now we're talking like i i think that 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 would be worthwhile seeing but uh oh, this yeah. is i think a relic that will be left in the past but i'm just gonna tell you right now 
I wouldn't be surprised if like the Daily Wire with their original content department brought something like this back. Like this, if it's going to end up anywhere, it's going to be like a Daily Wire original hosted by like Dan Blazarian. And if he had not been sued, Steven Crowder. What if you, what if you tried to convert them? You tried to make them Catholic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that I think would actually be way better. If it's like, it's like the keys to the VIP framing, but it's like round one, eternal damnation. Contestants have to save these loose whores from life burning in hell. And it's just like keys to the VIP. More <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> keys to the LDS. Let's yeah. go. And it, that's the thing. I think, I think we, we've got keys to your own, to your planet. own planet. Yeah. <laughs> the Scientology ones. Uh, we are, we're onto something here. No Mormons believe oh, that really? too. That is not good. So if you're listening, Ben Shapiro, and I know you are, please, Please bring us on. We are happy to be the hosts of your like trad Catholic keys to the VIP like reboot because I think we could provide valuable insight that you're not going to get from you know Peaches. He's out of the game. He's doing Web 3.0. He's done. Mm-hmm. Sheldon, as far as we know, literally does not exist anymore. Uh, you know, we could probably get mm-hmm. Alan on. I feel like Alan would probably fit the vibe of our new show. I think he's probably fine to bring back. And uh, Chris. Totally. Uh, Chris, we stand you, buddy. I hope I hope you're doing well. I hope you're safe. I hope you know I love you. <laughs> I love you very much, Chris. Uh, and you know that was that was keys to the VIP. Truly, a time capsule of what it was like living from 2006 to 2008, which for Grace is the first time she's able to experience such a sensation. And for Dean, I imagine it brought back memories of being bullied uh, that period of time. Oh, yep, yeah, definitely. Chance finally got to live his dream of watching Keys to the VIP without his mom and his sister around. You know, we we really yeah, it was sick. We really got a chance to make some magic here today. Uh, on behalf of the LLCS, this is Jesse, aka Mister Me Too, signing off for uh, I don't know. <laughs> probably see you guys in like six to eight weeks. I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's reasonable. Right. Our next episode, <laughs> test. And in the description, test. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> okay, we're done here. Oh, uh.